to the encounter it's mal from redeemer lay i'm here with danny deb and giselle um you guys sent us in some questions on instagram and we're gonna try our best to answer them with the bible um the first question would be how do we open up to god uh, i was i was actually reading this question and i thought it was really good and i thought it was uh it's a very um i don't want to say like a very uh i don't know how to say like a very like a question like from the flesh right but i'm gonna answer it the same way how do you guys open with up with your friends? Only one way. By talking to them. How do you guys become best friends? You didn't make best friends with Melanie. You, you don't you don't you don't <laughs> make best friends with uh um with Kat by not talking to them, right? So how do you open up to God? By having constant relationship with them, talking to him. Um you know what? I, I've I've recently caught myself um singing worship songs. Like with like nothing, I'm by myself or just I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm like and, I, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, that's good. I, I've made myself a habit to just say, God is coming soon. God, I miss you. God, I want you to come. God, I, so that's what it is. How do you open up to God by making him like making him a part of your life, a relationship? So if we understand the relationship we have with God, then I think that it becomes easier. He becomes your friend. He answers you in a different way. He um he might even talk to you in a different way than everybody else. So how do you open up with him by ha by starting a relationship? What do you think? I was going to say that I, I think uh, that's excellent what you said. Like, of course, like the way you start a relationship with anyone. Absolutely. And then as you start to talk to him more, you're going to want to know what he has to say back. And I think we have unreal expectations of how we want God to answer us. Like we really want him to like whisper in our ear at night you know, yes, the answer is go. And, and it's not <laughs> like that. The way we have answer is from reading the word of God because that right. is already him speaking. That is him in, you know, in word. So um, I think that as you start communicating with him more and you want to hear back from him, what you should do is read the Bible and understand what he expects from you, what he wants from you and how he answers you. And you'll see that almost, actually, I feel like all of the answers to our problems are in the Bible. Yeah, and go ahead. In Hebrews 10, 22, it says that we have to come to him with a sincere heart and strong faith, which goes with both what both of you guys are saying. Like, you can't go to God and then just, like, in the moment, just because you want to look good. That's obviously not going to open you up to God or, or create a real relationship with him because he knows who you are on the inside. Um, so I think it's important that when you do choose to open up to God, that you come with him with your entire heart and say, God, here's my heart, like, I know I have so many defects. I know I have so many mistakes that I've done, but this is the real me and no one else knows this. It knows me except for you. And it's it's important to understand that you have to put your faith first and how do you, how do you get faith from hearing the word of God? Right. So, I think just just to uh, just to answer this question, how do you open up to God? Just like you would open up to a new relationship. How can you have, like, maybe for, for, the, for our older listeners, how can you have a boyfriend if you don't know him? If you don't text him, if you don't call him, if you don't... Same thing with God. How do you have a relationship if you don't read his book? You know, my dad used to tell me that the Bible was the letters Jesus left for us as a lover. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. So how do you get to know him? <laughs> By his letters. But if you have him, you know, if you have your Bible dusted up and on the side, you're never, you're never going to open up to him. I hope that was a good answer. I don't know. 
right, let's end it. Let's go. Okay, next question is, how do you get out of your dry season? Oh, man, this is this, this was the one that, that I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about. And you know what? I think, I think we have to understand something that we, we, we. Um, I'm going to ask this. I'm going to answer this question with another question. Can a, can a cup tell the potter something about how it's being made? Or oh no no don't touch me here like when you're when you're doing something when you're uh, when a cup is being formed can the cup tell the the shaper hey hey no no don't don't make this too big no it can't just like when somebody's making something the that thing can't tell the maker anything therefore this is a, this is the answer God put you through that through that dry season to to find something to uh, to learn something so until you learn that something. You will get out of that. Just like, um, for example, um, be, before you answer, Giselle, I, 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 I'm into like super um, into the show called Forged in Fire, Forged by Fire, something like that, and they forge uh, weapons, and they always put the weapon through heat, like massive amounts of heat, over and over and over until it's straight, and even then, it's sometimes crooked. So, you know, how do you get a dry season? Until God says, until we learn our lesson from that dry season. Go ahead, Giselle. Um, I think what you're saying is, sorry, what you're saying is totally right. Um, because God, or God looks for faithful people, right? But your faith is not tested when things are all going right. Your faith is not tested when you feel God's anointing every single moment. Like, when, when you feel like you're being... Um, overflowing with God's presence your faith is tested in the moments that are the most difficult and how how can your faith be tested if you're not going through those moments I think it's important because also God's um, according to what we believe there's the, the the chosen and then beyond that there's the people who are faithful and right. that's what we want to be we want to be the people who are known and, and tested by God and found to be faithful right um, I find it super interesting. Um, in Jeremiah 17, if you guys come with me, uh, Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8, it says, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. For its leaves remain green and not anxious of the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. So if you're in a dry season, yeah, there can be dry season all around you. But if you are, um, how do you say, empapado, drenched in drenched. the word of God, because water represents the word of God, you should not be having a dry season. So maybe the reason you have a dry season is because you're not reading the word enough. You're not full of him. So when there's drought, what happens? You become, oh, what's going on? Oh my God, my leaves are drying out. And you become anxious. You become insecure, kind of like the dry bones in the valley you know what were they saying um they, what were they saying to god they were saying oh our bones are dried up and our hope is gone we are cut off while well, god is right there literally he's right there and what does he tell them later on i will put my spirit in you and you will live and i will settle you in your own land then you will know that i am the lord and i have spoken and i have done it declares the lord but the point is that you know god has to put the spirit back in them as if they lost it so my advice is that if you're going through, through a dry season fill yourself with the word Fill yourself, fill yourself, and let you be drenched completely. That even if the sun comes out for a little too long, you continue to be drenched, wet. wet. Drenched. Yeah. yeah. And and just to finish this off, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I say this because I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you, and I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and good future. Meaning, guys, dry season, good season, bad season, okay season. 
COVID season, <laughs> it doesn't matter. God's got it under control. He, he, he'll, he'll let you guys know. Okay, next question is, is there a certain limit of knowledge you need to have towards the Bible in order to be saved? Look, this this, this question, I, I like it at the same time, but I, I, want to, I want you guys to understand something. It's not about it's not about how much knowledge you have, but it's about how much um, how much knowledge you've gained. Knowledge of gain. So, for example, let's just say God comes tomorrow, right? And you just received Jesus Christ, you're saved. Maybe maybe you don't enter the kingdom of heaven because you didn't. Uh, what's it called? You weren't um, baptized. Maybe you don't get different, uh, you know, um, different little things because you weren't baptized in the Holy Spirit, but. For example, what about that person that has been in church for thirty-five years? They shouldn't. They shouldn't be just a regular person, or you know, oh, all I've done was being baptized. No, you should have been baptized in the spirit. You should have been baptized in in every possible way with the spirit. You should have been prophesying. You should have been leading people. You should have been a pastor. You should have been. You should have been something guiding people. So, so I, I don't think there's a certain limit to your knowledge, but I think there is a certain. Um, it depends on all the knowledge you gain. So it, the more knowledge, the higher the standard. The less knowledge, the lower the standard. My dad would always tell me that. He was like, the less you know, the less God uh, can can forgive you for. But the more you know, then he goes, hey, hey, hey. you knew this was wrong, and yet you did it. You did it. Yes, exactly. So um, in the words of, um, what was uh, Peter Parker's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Uncle, ben. Uncle, Uncle uh, ben. ben, Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> and the Bible says that. The, the Bible says with the person that's given more is asked for more. So I made it a little bit fun for you guys, but yeah, that's in reality, that's how it goes. Um, also, uh, it's important to note that your salvation does not come from what you, what you do or what you know. In Ephesians 2, 8, it says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not... From yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that nobody can boast so it's important to know that it doesn't depend on what you do or you don't do your salvation was free like it you you can never do anything to, to deserve it you can't buy it you can't sell it nothing you can do can acquire it for yourself right um which is important like and like what you were saying it's important to know that um what what you know doesn't limit your or doesn't determine if you're saved or not. I was gonna say that uh, I I think a great a great example of knowledge that was not useful in the Bible is Paul. Paul was literally like top knowledge, top knowledge, but yet he persecuted Christians, and it wasn't until Jesus revealed Himself to him that he made him blind. And he had to go to I forgot whose house, and then the the scales from his eyes fell off. So I think. Did Paul have knowledge? Yes. But was that saving him? No. What saved him was he understood Jesus's heart. He, um, the same mercy that Jesus showed him, he showed others. I think that's what, what helps us, you know, being like Jesus. And on the other end of the spectrum, the ladron or the thief who was on the cross with Jesus had no knowledge and yet he was saved because of Jesus's mercy and he understood what he had done was wrong in his life. I think this question, I think what missed is uh, um, what type of knowledge, <laughs> right? Because there's spiritual knowledge, there's uh, worldly knowledge. Um, but yeah, I agree with all of you. Yes, let's move on. I was going to just yeah. add one thing. I was going to say that I do think that it's important, 
Like, don't just be like, okay, I'm just going to be super nice to everyone and never read the Bible. No, that's that's not what it means. Also, you have to know, like, the more knowledge you have, the closer you get to being the bride. Because who would marry a bride that doesn't doesn't know anything about the groom? True. Sorry. Okay, so next question is, how does prophecy work and how do we know we're speaking tongues and not just saying random things? Okay, well, number one, uh, prophecy is may, is uh, used because, uh, sorry, not because, but for exhorting, exhorting or pushing, um, ex- uh, uh, pushing forward. Uh, how do you say that? Let me see. Let me see. Edifies. Yeah, so it edifies and exhorts, and uh, I can't read that. And small. consoles. And consoles, right? So, so sorry, sorry guys. Just, just this. I was reading this and I have the things here. I didn't take them out, but yeah. So those three things. So, how? Do, so if you start saying, um, for example. If you start saying, um, you know, the Lord has spoken to me and he says that, Danny, why are you doing those bad things? Is it exhorting? Is it consoling? No, it's not doing any of those three things. So so you have to you have to think about it. Okay, that wasn't from the Lord. Now, if you start talking nonsense, like like this question says, random things, I mean, the Bible is not random. By the way, our prophecy has to come from the Bible. So how do you prophesy? By reading the Bible. The only way. How do you prophesy by reading the Bible? And um, how does it work? Um, I feel I, I have a basic doctrine here, so I, I'm going to take it out in a bit, so I'm going to come back to myself. But if, if I, though I'm just going to tell you what I have felt. What I felt is like a fire inside of you, and you guys can't stop it. Mm-hmm. You guys can uh, try to put like a, little, like a little blanket on top of it, and it will come out. But you'll see that it's just uncontrollable. Like it's not uncontrollable where you start shaking and start punching, you know, your left and right. No, it's not like that. It's just... It's just more of like a you need to say something, and until you're about to say something, God gives it to you. But go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say that First John four says, "Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they yes. are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God." This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard is coming and uh, is now in the world already. Wow. Sorry, guys, for that last little piece. Uh, my brain went AWOL. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so the thing that we have to know is that this is literally what we're here for. So how can we discern if the prophet is saying something correctly? Guess what, guys? You have to read the Bible because everything, like Danny was saying, every prophecy should come from the Bible. It should have Bible, uh, Bible, biblical, biblical basis. And yeah, this is literally how we test it out. We are the ones who discern whether yes or no. And and look, it says in Acts two four, it says, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they were, and they began to speak different languages. And the Holy Spirit was giving them power to do this. So maybe the question was speaking in tongues. Maybe maybe speaking in tongues, how does that work? And and that's different, right? I think speaking in tongues is different than prophesying. Speaking in tongues also uh, edifies yourself. So by you speaking in tongues, you edify you and only you. Why? Because only you and your spirit understands it. <laughs> if you start going to somebody, you start going like, you know, speaking in tongues. And then man is looking at you like, what are you saying? It was, it was something that God wanted to tell you. <laughs> she, she leaves the same way as if she, when she came. But if, if, if somebody translates it, then it becomes a lot better. First Corinthians 13. You guys should read that. Okay, send it. Let's go. Let's go more. Okay, next question is, when it's finally time, should you only marry or be with someone from church? Is it absolutely necessary that it be someone from church? Oh, man. <laughs> um, look, the Bible does say that um, you shall not marry a different yoke. 
um, un- uneven. Well, I- I- I'm going to put the Danny version, different yoke. <laughs> um, because, listen, listen, okay, so to the people that are asking this and saying, oh, yeah, that is true. Like, who am I going to suppose, who am I supposed to marry? Um, listen, so marriage works only with love. For example, Paul never married. So is it available that... Um, that uh that you don't get married yeah it's, it's it's not bad but i mean also keep in mind that there's passion in our life and there's um there's everything that that uh that comes with our life so just keep this in mind it would be better if you find somebody from the same belief it doesn't have to be from the same church but the same belief for example i know people that found another man or another woman they weren't married. They were single and found another guy, another woman, another church, and they brought him back to our church. And now they're like full-time leaders in our church. But their belief, their morals were the same. The thing that sucks is when you guys go out to the world and find, for example, women or men that are Catholic or don't believe the same things, that they tend to pull you out of it. And when they tend to pull you, that's why it says that the uneven yoke. One pulls one way and the other one pulls the other way. So, yes, that, that's, that's why... The Bible says about that. Also, there's another yoke that says of knowledge, right? If if the man if the man knows way too much and the woman is just you know she he, she doesn't know enough, then who's gonna be who knows all, everything there? The man, and then that's why it turns out to be, um, you know, our Latino culture where the woman just stays at home and everything, which I don't I don't condone fully, <laughs> but uh, you know it, I think everybody should be the same. If if you're a college student, then your husband should also be a college student. You know what I mean? Like, like, but also keep in mind that there's, there's certain, there's so many like holes in this, but mm-hmm. love is love. Be careful where you put your heart in and don't, uh, don't, don't awake it early. I don't know if I said too much. Yeah. Just, just so that nobody gets confused. Danny yeah. doesn't mean like the love is love for like, um, <laughs> the movement. yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like, I did not mean that. Yeah, you no, know it, what I mean? It's just like the, the staple for their like community is love is love. So just, <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. No, but you know what I mean? Like, like just yes, be careful where you put your love. You know what I mean? For example, let me, let me tell you something that happens super, um, super like to almost everybody. Everybody tends to find one, one guy or one girl really early in their age. Then they come to be 21, 22, 23, and then they're like, uh, yeah, this is... You wasted your youth. No, 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 hold on. This is not where I want to stay. And then the guy or the girl just gave you four years of their life, and you're like, okay, how do we do this? And and look, like, thankfully, I found my girl, and I found mine. I'm in love with my girl. But what I'm trying to say is that that I see this problem. And and some of you guys, um, some of you guys don't even haven't even reached like 18, like well enough. <laughs> uh, but I'm telling you guys that this happened. So be careful. Uh, you guys should be having friends. And when you guys graduate uh, college, or you guys have a good job, or whatever it is that you want to do, when you have enough money to be like, okay, now I can live on my own. Okay, I know what the world requires of me. I know how to follow Jesus, then I can take on a husband and a wife. Because it's another job that we take. But go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say that as girls, um, especially when we're younger, we think that the bare minimum is like amazing. But let me tell you guys that as we get older, our standards rise. And what, like Danny was saying, what we thought was cute at 16 is no longer cute at 21. Get a job. You know, be something, be someone, push me to be better. But this is not a relationship. Um, call me at, I'm just kidding. So, so I can give you guys relationship advice. But yeah, absolutely. Like, 
I think that's that's right. You guys should be friends. And Second uh, Corinthians six fourteen says, "Stop forming inappropriate relationships with unbelievers." Mm-hmm. Can right and wrong be partners? Can light have anything in common with darkness? And the answer, if you guys don't know, is no. You can't. There can be two two waters coming from one fountain. So I think it's very important that even what Danny was mentioning, like. Maybe when you're 16 and your guy can only afford McDonald's. Uh, but then when you're 21 and you can afford a nice restaurant and he can still only afford McDonald's, it's going to cause a fight. It's not going to be okay. He's going to feel like less than you. It's going to be a big thing. You know, just wait, be friends with everybody. And then you see who is equal equal to you or better. Girls, guys, I would not go with someone who is better because it's hard for you guys. I don't know why you guys are like this, but it's better. It's hard for you guys. <laughs> Girls were cooler and we're just yeah. okay with stuff. <laughs> Everybody's laughing at me, but I just can't seem to find somebody better than me. Just <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 kidding, like I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, like I said, be careful. Girls, be careful because girls usually are the ones that say yes. And guys are the ones just lunking around and saying, hey, hey, do you like me? Hey, do you like me? Until they find a girl to like them. Someone says yes. I'm serious. I'm serious. (laughs) And I think girls have a lot more to lose than guys do. Because Uh, girls, I mean, if we end up getting pregnant, who gets stuck with the kid? I mean, I'm just just saying, like, that's realistic, too. Like, the younger you find a relationship, the harder it is. I know, but we're not talking about that. We're just talking about marrying somebody. Okay. Yeah, let's not let's not go that deep. Okay, <laughs> let's let's go let's go next next. Okay, next question is: Can Christians hang out with their non-believer friends once in a while? Oh man, that's so tough, huh? You want to answer? Go yeah, go go ahead, answer, answer. All right, I was I was reading James four four, and it says, "You adulterous people, do you know not? Do you not know that friendship?" With the world is enmity with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, do I think that you talking to someone from school that doesn't believe in God, you're going to go to hell? No, absolutely not. Do I believe that you're the enemy of God for doing that? No. But being a friend is something completely different. The Bible says that sometimes a friend is closer than a brother. So um, I think friendship is something that maybe we've taken too lightly and we're just like, oh, yeah, that's my friend. But no, I think friendship is someone who sits at your table. Someone who eats with you, someone who shares your values. I can never be friends with someone who spoke bad about my God because I love God, you know. And mm-hmm. for someone to do that to me would be utmost re- a disrespect. So I feel like, can you hang out with them and like, hey, what's up? What's going on? Sure, can you be their friend? No, I don't you, know what you think. Then you know, yeah, I, I agree. Actually, then with this question, it brings a lot of memories. I don't have any more high school friends. Just so you guys know, and you guys can feel if you guys feel lonely, you guys shouldn't. You just High school friends don't don't last. I mean, yes, for a while, for a while it does. I promise that but it it's feels like distant. Yeah, yeah, but no, no. But you know what? Even even after high school, I still hung out with my friends. Oh, you guys want to go snowboarding? Let's go. Oh, you want to go do this? Let's go. Yeah, it becomes like. But you start you start seeing, you'll start seeing them drifting apart and then saying, "Oh, you guys want to go drink?" No, no, I can't drink. Oh my god, Danny, you're such a square. You never want to come drink. Oh god. And then and then there's a girl pass by. Oh, go, Danny. No, 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 guys, we, I don't do that. Oh god, Danny. Let me th- let me. What what are you now? You don't like girls anymore? And and then and that was that was for me. And then and then I start saying, "Okay, I don't need to deal with this. I don't. I don't." And and you start, you'll start seeing that you less and less and less every day. You start fitting less. If you fit more and more and more, you're going the wrong way. I think also in, in Proverbs 27, uh, 5 to 6, it says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies 
kisses. That's so what right. does that what does that mean? Like, are you going to be willing to tell your friend like, hey, what you're doing is wrong. It's against what, what the Bible says. Like, are you willing to stand up for your beliefs when your beliefs are most likely not going to match up to what they what they believe in? Or are you just going to stand by and say and tell them to continue whatever behavior that they're doing? Because then you're not being a real friend. It says right. that you're being an enemy because you're hiding what you believe in with kisses. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say that, guys, I um, all of the people listening to us and our youth, I encourage you to be the friend that if it is for their well-being, that you be the tell be the tattletale you be the one that says oh uh, Giselle is doing this if it saves their life if it's uh, if it saves even their spirit do it because that is true friendship right now that Giselle was reading that you know it takes me back and there's a lot of people I could have saved and I didn't and then there's people that I did save but I lost but it's okay because I would rather it that way a million times over than for them to be eternally lost and what can we do about it yeah I I agree look I think your only friend and your only person that you always have next to you is Jesus Christ. So make sure that your relationship is strong with that guy, with that with that person, which is Jesus. And every everybody else will kind of fall off, come through, come fail you, not fail you. My friends today fail me, but I just say you know it's okay because my I'm not I'm not hoping on them. I'm not I'm not relying on them to be perfect because they're not. And the same thing I would tell them the same thing with me. Oh, Danny, but you're also this. I agree. That's right. Rely. Let's rely on Jesus, not on ourselves. But okay, let's move along. Next question is, how can we find a balance between school, work, church, and a personal life? Oh, my God. We just had a... Tune in uh, two weeks to find yeah, out yeah. the Priorities Podcast. So, uh, it's, this is going to be before, right? This The podcast is going to be before... Uh, priorities, after. yes. Yeah. So, look, I, I think the best... The best... Um, look, the best balance is within worship. Oh, Danny, here we are. The worship. How does worship come, come here? So, this, I'm going to tell you guys this. So the Bible says there is time for everything. So Monday night, you go home, and Monday night is the time to take out the trash. Monday night, you go home, and you take out the trash. <laughs> Tuesday night, Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., you got to go work at Chipotle. <laughs> Tuesday at 8 a.m., you got to work at Chipotle. You see what I'm saying? You guys have to put everything that is there at the same time. You see what I'm saying? So, um, so you guys have. To, so, how do how do we balance it? So, number one is, how would Jesus how would Jesus be in this world? Would he go to work? Yes, he would go to work. Uh, you know what I mean? Would he Would he attend? Uh, let's just first say, would he attend a family if he had one? Yes, because the Bible says to attend his family. What about his friends as well? And what about church as well? Is it a full a full blast week? Yeah. But that's what God sent us to do. Go ahead. I was going to say that literally Jesus is the perfect example. When he was in one city, he wasn't worried about what he was going to tell the next city. He was worried about what was going to happen in that city. Just like the Bible says, you know, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own things. Worry about today. And just to back you up, Danny, the verse that you were talking about, uh, time for everything, is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through well, as much as you want to read. But for everything, there is a season and a time. For every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, a time to laugh. And I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. So I think... Uh, what's important here is don't take on more than what you can do because then you do it negligently. See what is offered, see what you can do and say, this is what I can do and the rest, I'm not there yet. And when you get good at doing what you thought you could do and you can add a little more, add. 
But sometimes what we try to do is just overwhelm ourselves with endless, endless amounts of jobs that we can't do. Like, let's not joke ourselves. Let's be responsible and only take what we can handle. I agree. Okay. I literally, I, I can't say anything. <laughs> I can't say anything else. It's because, look, guys, it's never going to be perfect. Never. Never going to be perfect. But this is not biblical. This is just me and my life. Ready? If my family throws a party on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., <laughs> I, I, my sister can, 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 can vouch for me, even though it would have happened. Good luck, guys. Have fun. I'll be back at 2.30. Or I'll be back at 6, 7. Why? Because I understand. For me, my priority is my church. It's God. And is what I do here. That is what I do Sundays. I always tell them, why can't it be Mondays? Why can't it be Mondays afternoon? Why can't it be Tuesday afternoon? And you say, yeah, but I work those days. And I'm like, okay. I was like, so for me, there's no day off. For me, I go to work. I, and on the weekend, I still work for Jesus Christ as well. Danny, I was going to use the example. Uh, I told We were talking about this with, with the kids last time. Uh, that when mom brings home the groceries, what I try to do is get all the groceries at once on my arms. Like literally at once because I hate going back to the car <laughs> millions of times. So I like literally just put them all on my hands and go inside. And then five minutes later, oh, it hurts. Oh, I'm complaining. Why? I took on more than I could handle. Right. So literally life is like shopping bags, guys. Please don't take I can. I, I like you can to, make multiple trips. <laughs> I like to call it the, the one trip. King. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I think it's also to add to what you said uh, in Matthew six thirty three. It says to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added to it. So if you seek him first, then everything else in your life will in follow place. in place. That's all. Yeah. I, I, you guys are just reinforcing to what you said. So, yes. I agree. Let's move it along. Okay, next question is, how can I forgive a parent for being unfaithful to their family? Oh, my God. I'm not a parent, <laughs> but I am a son. <laughs> Look, I, I feel like, um, so if you don't forgive, it turns into a grudge, right? So the only thing that becomes with grudges is you become better with grudges. So by forgiving, you see, when Jesus told that the, uh, Peter, was it Peter that he said, how many times should we uh, mm -hmm. forgive our brothers? When Jesus told Peter, you should uh, forgive your brother 70, 70 times 70 times. He wasn't giving them a real number. Like, it's not for you to go around and be like, oh, I forgive Cat one time. I forget Sam one time. No, no. He gave it as a, like saying it only takes a few times to forgive your brother because all you are doing is setting yourself free. So now back to the question, how can I forgive my, my father? Okay. The okay. fact that you're or a parent, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Usually the, the man is a little bit more like this, but I'm sorry. The, the parent. So, how do you forgive your parent? Who are you setting free? Them or you? Yourself, because they'll continue living their life. If they're Christian, they'll continue their life. It's not like you can tell your your mom or your dad or whatever it is. Oh, leave them because they probably won't. And it's not like you can do anything because you are young. So the only person you're putting in jail is yourself. So by you not forgiving, you're setting yourself down for failure. So forgiving is not for the person, but it's for yourself. I think it's really important to know whether this parent or not repented. 
But even if they haven't, we owe we owe them honor. And I think we've talked about this in past podcasts. Like the Bible doesn't say honor your mother and your father or honor your parents if they're awesome and faithful. It doesn't. It just says to honor them, right? So I think there should be honor. And if your parent has repented and the spouse forgave, then you just, you know, go along for the ride and break those chains so that tomorrow it's not you. Yes. Yes. Um, I think it's really important to, in order to forgive, we have to understand how God forgives us. That really helps me forgive people. Um, it's something for real. It really helps me uh, with forgiveness to others because forgiveness is very hard. It's it's a difficult thing to do. Um, but when I understand how crappy I am and how much God forgives me time and time and time and time and time and time again, it becomes so easy. I was reading uh, Psalms 103, 10, and it says, He does not deal with us according to our sin nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards us who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgression from us. And I thought that was absolutely beautiful. And yeah, this is how you forgive. When you understand God's forgiveness, you can forgive anybody else's uh, mistakes. I agree. And one more thing before we, before we go on to the next one. If you don't forgive... If you don't forgive, how do you expect God to forgive you? So always remember that. Okay, next one says, I have really bad social anxiety. My heart starts to beat super fast, and sometimes I feel like crying when I'm alone and when there's multiple people around. What do I do? Social anxiety. That means like when they're like... Like with people. When, with pe when they're with people, they feel like... Yeah, they're yeah. overwhelmed. And when, when they're alone, they feel sad. So where, where are you, man? Uh, no, I mean, I'm just, it's, okay, so, okay, so look, number one, it sounds like you need Jesus in your heart, number one. That's definitely number one, guys. Um, whoever asked this question, I don't have their name, so thank God, thankfully I don't have their name, so I don't call you guys out, but you need Jesus. So, for example, the fact that you feel alone is because you don't have this friend that I was talking about before. The reason why I feel comfortable alone when I'm in my room and I have nothing to do and I can sleep or I can do whatever I can do in that day and that time and I'm alone, it's because I know that behind me there's a stronger person, which is Jesus Christ. And he's the only friend and he's the only person that will leave, not leave me. So so that's on sadness, right? On social anxiety, I'm sorry if I read it wrong. So. Uh, I don't understand how you can, I don't understand that because I've never um, experienced. experienced it. But what I can say is this, if you're around people, get uncomfortable. Like, go out more. Go and say hi. Yeah, it might be weird. It might be, uh, you know, um, it might be weird. It might be like a little bit like, oh my God, this is so, uh, this is so weird. Yes, it is. But that's part of life. The you more, yeah, the more uncomfortable you become, for example, um, have you, have, has, has, has anybody worked out before? Of course. Well, some of us have, right? Yeah. Right? So the first few times, it's uncomfortable. So the first few times, it hurts. The first few times, you're like, oh, my God, sore. I'm sore. But as you continue doing it, as you continue jogging, as you continue doing squats, as you continue lifting weights, guess what happens? It goes away, and you see uh, what they call it, results. Therefore, you want to get bigger muscles, you got to go through this. So you want to get rid of your social anxiety, get in front of people. Talk to God. Go to your youth. Wherever you are, go to your youth. Go to your youth pastor. Go to a pastor and be like, help. Go to your mom. Go to your dad. Help. Help me out. Yes. Raquel, you have something to say. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share that that I, I, used to, um, I used to have this and I would feel like this all the time and it was horrible. And I 
Ugh, it was so bad. Um, but personally, the way I, I, I dealt with it was that I started having enough of it. And I hated how I felt like that all the time. And um, so what I did was I prayed to God about it. I opened up to the Lord and I told him how I felt. And that's one of the things um, you should definitely try doing is opening up to the Lord and tell him, God, this is how I feel. Why do I feel like this? Um, because also the enemy, oh my God, he knows how to work and he knows how to try to um, put doubt in you and put all these things in you and your weaknesses. And so open up to the Lord and that's what I did. And I told him, God, I need you to please help me with this and stuff like that. And like like Danny said, um, try um, having that characteristic of being outgoing. Um, it's not going to be easy. It wasn't easy for me, but I was... Um, slowly but surely I was uh, getting better at it and I started letting go of it because it was God who was helping me letting go of it and so when you continuously pray to God and continuously open your heart to him he will definitely help you um, and so also ask for guidance from an adult or someone from your church who is who's mm -hmm. older and stuff and and yeah so the best I can say is open up to the Lord and help him uh, say no, sorry. And ask for help to be set free from this because it's it's so it's such a horrible feeling and um continuously experiencing it uh personally it was one of the worst things ever but now through God um you can do anything and he can definitely help you let go of all this horrible feeling of um feeling so anxious and nervous all the time. And just just to clear that up, not just anybody that's older, a leader. Yeah. Not don't go. Oh, oh, you know, my sister turned to, uh, you know, nineteen and she just became. No, look for a leader. Look somebody that's mature. Look somebody that can actually help you. If you're a girl, please find a girl. If you're a guy, please find a guy. Um. So so yeah, just keep keep that in mind. Here we have another another person here, Bella. If I'm not wrong, you gotta get closer, Bella. Okay. Um, I used to have really bad social anxiety where I also felt like I was going to cry when I was in a room full of people. But one thing that really helped me was just having some verses about having faith in God. And whenever you get those thoughts, you just have to remember that God is with you and they are not yours and they don't define you, especially. I remember I used to get a lot of thoughts of like just negative thoughts and one thing that really helped was just knowing that God is there with me and I feel like he will overcome this but yeah that's it yeah for the for the people sorry it's because she was a little bit far away from the mic so so <clears throat> she said reading the bible and having verses around her that that would remind her how faithful God was and to keep her um close and to keep her always remind her which is always great always good yes I think it's also important that uh, we know that these feelings don't mean that um, God can't use you. Like, for example, Moses had like this terrible stutter. And uh, instead of putting his faith in God, that God could use him despite the stutter, um, he was like, God, I can't, you can't use me. You can't use me because I, I stutter too much. I stutter too much. But as you go on further into his journey, he starts to speak to Israel without having to use Aaron as much. And like, um, so what does this mean? That God chooses people who are faithful and makes them able. 
So if if you are faithful to God, he will make you able in the things that you feel that you can't accomplish on your own. And we were talking about reading the Bible, right? And literally the Bible, like I said, has every answer for our problem. Check this out. First Peter 5, 7. Turn all your anxiety, anxiety over to God because he cares for you. Keep your mind clear and be alert. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion as he looks for someone to devour. Be firm in the faith and resist him, knowing that other believers throughout the world are going through the same kind of suffering. So are there other people with anxiety? Absolutely. What do you do? You cast it on him. And I love the word cast because it literally means throw it. Like throw it on Jesus. Let him have that. Let him carry the burden of your anxiety and instead take his burden that is light and easy to carry. Yes, I, and look, and just to let's let's just finish up this episode because yeah, it's been almost forty minutes within within here. Um, <clears throat> look to the people that 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 have this social anxiety and have this depression, don't conform to this world that tells you that you have to be depressed so or you have helps. to be or you have to be you know you have to feel this bad thing. Sometimes we don't have it. We self diagnose ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes we're like, oh, I feel a little bit sad. So do I. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, and I don't mean to make this a, a joke because it's not a joke, but I don't want to tell you it's like, oh, you feel a little bit anxious? So do I. Like, I do, I do feel, but you know, last time, last time I was anxious and I'll open up my life again to you guys <laughs> was, was on a Sunday and I was about to direct and then I was feeling worried. I was just like, oh God, what are you going to do here? And you know, personal, personal stuff. <laughs> uh, but you know, I was thinking about it and then I started praying. I was like, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. God, uh, you know, I, I trust in you. God, I trust in you. God, I trust in And then I got, a, I got a song. God, I trust you. And Genesis was playing and I was actually playing. I was singing and, and dude, out of nowhere, I didn't feel any more worry. I didn't feel any more anxious anxiety. I, I was like, "Oh, you know what it is? That the first time that we say, oh, God, uh, I feel anxious, but take it away.' <laughs> you kind of wait for God to come and give you like the blanket exactly. of hope. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's continuously. God, I trust in you. Just by those those two words. God, uh, three words. God, I trust in you. Well, it's four or five, <laughs> but I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, just repeat those. God, God, I trust in you. 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 And then put a little bit of music. And if you play an instrument, play your instrument. You know what I mean? Like, like sing, sing, make new songs for God. And 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 whatever you're going to. For example, David, most of his music came through his where through his worries, through his experiences. So make songs like that. God, I trust in you. God, in my anxiety, you show yourself there, even if you don't feel them. Go. You have something to say before yeah. you finish? I was going to say just really quickly yeah. that um, I think it's important to know that, yes, we all get a little bit anxious at times, That although others suffer more than others. Yeah, I, I think I used to suffer <laughs> from social anxiety as well. I did you not did. like to hang out. I wanted to be by myself. I... Um, I enjoy myself. I really do. I like spending time with myself, but I didn't want to be a part of anything. But I understand now, like, that I hang out with you guys. Like, nothing fills my heart more than that. Like, even if you guys are not even talking to me, like, I feel so, like, I don't know, full. like, beautiful. Like, yeah, it's so full. And it's because, our, our like, the, the Bible says, right, it's prowling. The devil is trying to find ways to make you, when you're by yourself, you're more prone to sin. Your thoughts are there. When people are around you and they're full of life and they want to talk about good stuff in the Bible and you're laughing, like, what can you be filled with? You can't be filled with anxiety surrounded by people like this. No, what happens is that you're full of love. You're full of joy. And so, yeah, I like Danny says, you know, get out of your comfort zone. I did, and I can say I am blessed. All right, guys. So to finish it off, um, I think every everybody here 
continues to need Jesus Christ, myself included. I don't, I don't ever think that I can do without him. So I beg you guys to look for Jesus, have an encounter with Jesus. That's why we named this the encounter, have an encounter because once you have an encounter, you'll never go back to what you were. So, um, guys, thank you guys for joining us in this extra long episode. Um, take care, guys, and follow us in Redeem LA. Uh, we'll soon have a TikTok, and I think we should be on Facebook as well. All right, guys, take care. God bless, and uh, see you guys next week. See ya.